The government, you know, D.C., it's, I, I call it crazy town because it, it is. They're not being good stewards of our money. You know, these people work for us, but they're spending like it's a blank check. They keep spending. There's no end in sight. You know, that tax bill's coming. I mean, we're going to have to pay for it. And that hidden tax is called inflation. regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on Processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Taxes. We've talked about it before, but it is a new world, and we're talking about it again. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, it's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne. What's going on? Okay, well, we're going to talk about taxes again because they seem to be changing every year. You know, DC they they uh, they can't help but to, to spend money, and you know, when you spend money, we got to you know, the tax bill is coming. It it really is, um, and it's it affects all of us, and you know, all of our lives, and we really have to think about it in simple terms because. For most people, um, their single biggest asset, other than real estate when it comes to retirement, um, it's their pre-tax retirement plans, their 401ks, 403bs, thrift savings plans, IRAs, and the, and the list goes goes on and on and on. And, you know, I, I ask people all the time, you know, what, what's, the, what's the single biggest expense that most people have in retirement? And they always say health care, don't always, they? Always, always. But it, it's, it's taxes just because of that, that reason. Well, taxes are the things that we cut the check for and we see them go out. Sometimes people don't recognize what taxes are until that one April 15th rolls around. Because for most people, their whole lives, those, they get their paychecks, the taxes are taken out, so they don't really see it. Until it comes time for retirement, because, you know, when they retire, they give up that paycheck and now they have to create their own, which means they have to come up with their own tax bill to make sure that it's taken care of. And that's when it really hits home. And as taxes go up, you know, they have to pull more and more money out to to generate their income for retirement. They've got to pay the taxes. So the more that they pull out, that affects the taxes on Social Security. It also affects the the means-based testing on Medicare B, C, and D, which means the more income that you have, the more you're going to be paying for, for those, the premiums on those, Medicare B, C, and D. When we were talking to, uh, to Ethan and Seth, our, our two boys, you know, when, when Seth got his first paycheck from Wendy's, uh, and he's like, uh, where's the rest of the money? 
You know, I mean, it's it, it's kind of enlightening, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? It's it's really important, you know, when you think about it. And you know, I'm I'm a math guy. It's it's all about the numbers, and I say it all the time. It is. It's really all about the math. And you know, taxes. I think they're more relevant today than ever before, because if we look at the national debt and and what it was all the way back in 2008, before we started going on this huge spending spree, the national debt was just shy of $9 trillion, right? And when we talk about the national debt, that really doesn't include what we call unfunded liabilities. And so unfunded liabilities, it, it's kind of like a mortgage, right? When people have a mortgage, the reason they have a mortgage for most people is, you know, they, they don't have that three, four or 500,000 or more to pay for their house in cash. So they get a, a loan from the bank because they want to live where they're at and, and enjoy life in, in that house. Since they don't have the money for that, that $300,000 mortgage, it's unfunded. Okay, that money isn't saved. So we have unfunded liabilities here uh, in in our country that relates to Social Security, Medicare, um, government pensions, and and the list goes on and on and on. So all the way back in two thousand eight, those unfunded liabilities were twenty five trillion. Okay, that's with a T, twenty five trillion dollars. Meaning every American citizen you know, owed $56,000 to cover that 25 trillion. Okay, so that was all the way back in 2008. Now our national debt exceeds what the unfunded liabilities of 2008 were. Yeah, you know what? That's a great way of putting it. You're exactly right, because now, as of today, on the nationaldebtclock.org, you know, we owe almost $29 trillion in, in as far as the national debt. But here's the kicker. The unfunded liabilities right now are over $156 trillion, okay, meaning each U.S. citizen, the liability for each U.S. citizen, that means we all owe for over $470,000 per person. That's a lot of money. That's more than the average cost of the house here in the U.S. It's more than most people have saved <laughs> over their lifetime. It is. I mean, it, it really is. And it's, it's scary. And so just this year, Congress has passed and over $3 trillion in new debt. All right. Already this year, we're not, the, the year isn't even over, and we want to add another $3.5 trillion. Okay, so that's going to be, you know, close to uh, $7 trillion in one year. So just to put it in perspective, let's just talk about the $3 trillion that we already passed. When Clinton left office and uh, Bush took over, okay, do you know what the national debt was at that point in time? Well, that's okay. Uh, Most know, people don't, but it's... But it, I thought that that was the... Clinton was the... His touting was that he balanced the budget, but it... It really wasn't that case. Well, I, I mean, there we we really we were under GDP. All right, so our spending was under the GDP on an annual basis, on average. Um, he inflated it, but we were still under GDP, gross domestic product. And when Bush took over, the national debt was five point eight trillion. So that means over a two hundred and twenty-five year period, the history of America. All right, we had accumulated less than six trillion dollars. All right, in less than six months this year, all right, we 
more than uh, added 50% of that, right? $3 trillion to the national debt. I mean, yeah, think about that. that I mean, that's, that's just crazy. For COVID. And that, that was just for COVID. And we want to do another three and a half trillion dollars. And um, I, I use David Walker as an example every time we're talking about taxes when we teach class. Um, so he, he was the controller general. Okay, for for uh, under both Clinton and and Bush, so he he was kind of like the the CPA of the country, if you will, and he had a quote, and this was back way back in two thousand nine, and he said, regardless of what politicians you know tell us, any additional accumulations of debt, I mean, they're basically deferred tax increases, All right? So think about that. Back then, again, we just talked about it. The national debt was below nine trillion dollars. Right. And right now it's it's, you know, three to over three times that it's almost twenty nine trillion dollars in 2008. The CBO Congressional Budgetary Office said that if Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid and, and I'm using that example because Social Security is the uh, where the majority of our is number one. OK. And as far as our budget spending goes on an annual basis, Medicare is number two. Medicaid is number three, and then the interest rate, you know, on the national debt is number four, okay? And the CBO said that if Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid go unchanged, the rate for the lowest tax bracket would increase from 10% to 25%. The rate on incomes in the current 25% tax bracket would have to be increased to 63%, and the rate of the highest bracket would have to be raised from 35 to 88%. Now, obviously, people are like, well, right now the, the highest tax bracket is, is over 37%. You're right. But this was back in 2008, okay? And I hear when I read this quote, and we're talking about it in class, you know, people say, they're like, Ed, come on, that's never going to happen. You know, taxes are never going to get that high. But they were that high all the way back in the, in the 70s, 60, right? In the, 60s, in the 60s. In the 60s, right? From 1960 to 1963. And here's the problem. You know, the government, you know, D.C., It's I, I call it crazy town because it, it is. They're not being good stewards of our money. You know, these people work for us, but they're spending like it's a blank check. You know, they, they keep spending. There's no end in sight, you know, and, you know, that tax bill's coming. I mean, we're going to have to pay for it. And we're already starting to pay for it right now because we continue to print money, all right? We're, we're flooding the economy with, you know, the, these these dollars, this paper dollar, that, that it's really a fiat currency, which means it's not backed by anything other than the full faith and credit of, of Uncle Sam. And that hidden tax is called inflation, Yep. Oh, you've been seeing it. You've been seeing it. But I don't know that people actually really started to pay attention until maybe the last three months when they're seeing drastic changes in, in things that they can no longer get their hands on. Um, they they aren't even producing right now. Yeah, right. They can't, they, <laughs> they, they can't, they can't get, get it. it. Um, so I, I was talking to your brother yesterday. We were at, at um, our nephew's. Uh, at the Delaware County Fair, right? So I'm, I'm talking to your brother, Frank, and he was telling me, you know, how crazy it is at work. So he, you know, they, he sells meat. Um, and, you know, his, his clients are... <laughs> That's one way of putting it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to say it without, you know, yeah, naming his company. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that he'd appreciate that, but we'll, we'll leave it alone. <laughs> 
Um, but, you know, he sells to uh, like Myers and 7-Elevens and, you know, so there's retailers to, to, to the end user. OK. And he was saying that he's had to go back to his his customers and, and client base several times this year already, be, year to date. All right. Now we're, we're in September, halfway through September, and they've already had to raise their prices 50 percent. I'm hearing it everywhere. I, my friends are in sales and they're as fast as they're putting out quotes, the quotes are changing because things are everything from transportation to lack of, you know, in some ways the sales representatives even, even believe that there's somewhat price gouging because the stockpile is down so they can afford to charge more because people want what they're selling. Yeah, so because there's supply and supply demand. Supply and limited, demand is just you know? making it up. Well, it's just like the used price of cars. Wow. Or the price of used cars. Price of used cars and yeah. new cars. And new cars. It's just outrageous um, it, because, you know, they can't get computer chips. I mean, so that supply chain, it, the inflation, all this kind of goes hand in hand. And, you know, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole when we're talking about the U.S. dollar being a fiat currency. But it's important because the U.S. dollar is the world currency. You know, and if we keep spending like we are, obviously, not only are we going to have inflation, let's just, you know, pray to the good Lord above that we don't have hyperinflation like we did, you know, under Carter. But this is also why we're keeping interest rates so low. All right. The, the government has a vested interest in low interest rates because as rates go higher, that means the service on the national debt is higher and we don't have it in the budget right now. So it used to be our annual budget was below $3 trillion. Right now, uh, we've already collected 3.8, and the, the budget is, is roughly just shy of $5 trillion. It just keeps going up to pay for all these programs and, and services. So, yeah, I mean, taxes, right? I mean, if, if the national debt is up 300%, okay, just, just from 2009, so a little over 10 years ago, which way do you think taxes are going? Yeah, yep. How about we be a little encouraging? How do we protect? <laughs> How do we protect ourselves against? Okay, this? so we've let's, identified let's, the problem, we, right? Yes, the sky I mean, is not we, falling. We, yeah, it's we not kind falling. Of beat that one right. down. Yeah. All right. So look, Uncle Sam's getting his money. No matter what, he is going to get his money. We all know that. Um, and and having a plan is paramount to your success because, you know, if you don't have a plan. And that paycheck during retirement, the more that you pull out, the more you're going to have to pay in taxes, which, again, affects Social Security, the means-based testing on Medicare, which means the cash flow that you're actually going to be able to use and spend is going to go down, right? And mm -hmm. it's that cash flow, that income in retirement that really determines how much fun you get to have, right? I mean, it really is. So being able to put a plan in place so it doesn't negatively affect you is really important in deciding, you know, how you're going to pay Uncle Sam, when you're going to pay it, uh, and how much. So right now, you know, taxes are low. Uh, and I'm not saying go out and convert everything to, you know, do a Roth conversion with everything, because it is, it's all about the math. Everyone's situation is and completely different. different. Yeah. But there's so many different options out there as far as contributing to, to the Roth portion of your 401k now, you know, locking in those taxes um, so that when the money comes out, you know, right. That, since you already locked the, the, the taxes in on the original contribution, you don't owe taxes on that, but all that growth comes out tax-free as well. So converting to a Roth, you know, using other vehicles to, to help ensure that your income down the road when you do retire is tax-free or at a much lower tax basis. So if taxes do go up, 
it's not going to affect your lifestyle. And the only way to do that is is to have a plan. Look, life is going to happen. Bad things happen as they sometimes do. We call it life. You know, you, you need to know what to do next. You, you got to take all the emotion out of that decision-making process so that you do have success. Um, so that you can take those vacations and spend time with the grandkids and, and, and do what you want to do. And watch and listen to the news every single night. And have a heart attack. you out. Yeah, yes. chicken little, the sky yeah. is falling. And, and just know that you're going to be okay, right? So if people want more information, what do they do? Uh, you know, just uh, go to egsifinancial.com. Uh, give us a call at 614-526-4118. Send us an email at info at egsifinancial.com. You know, and anyone who reaches out, we're going to give you a, a guide uh, on, on taxes that it's really going to help you out. And, you know, if you have questions, you know, we can set up a 15-minute complimentary phone call, no obligation, and, and answer your questions and see if we can point you in the right direction. Well, it sounds like you already recapped everything out. So, but if you want Ed's help or you want a free, no cost obligation, give us a call 614-526-4118. Go to our website, www.egsifinancial.com or email us at info at egsifinancial.com. Thanks, Ed. Thanks. you tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five Five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 102061. Nine.